0: Of The Last Felony, Ion Dissonance, and Cryptopsy, there is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers!
1: Welcome to a new episode of Delirious Nomads, brought to you by Blacklight Media Records, a weekly podcast hosted by yours truly, celebrity chef Chris Santos, I hate calling myself that, and underground metal connoisseur Matt Bacon, who loves being called that. This is your new favorite podcast for all things heavy metal, as well as breakdowns of your favorite combat sports and ripping on some food talk every week with very special guests from across the globe. Hello, Matt.
2: You want to do the intro this week? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why don't you do your version and then I'll do mine? Oh, man. Okay, so it's going to be like an intro battle? Yes, exactly. Deanna, leave all this in. <laughs> <laughs> so, hello and welcome to Delirious Nomads, a... Heavy Metal, Food, Wrestling, Other Things podcast where I, Matt Bacon, and my beautiful co-host, Chris Santos, talk with heavy metal people, wrestlers, chefs, all these things. I'm realizing how little attention I paid to your intro now. (laughs) Um, But we have our really good friend, um, someone who's been a friend of mine since I might have not been 18. No, I I was 19 when I met Jeff. So he's been a friend of mine for a long time. He's been a friend of Chris for longer. New York City metal legend, owner of Lucky Thirteen, frontman of Blacklight Media band Eyes of the Sun, Jeff Blanchard. We're super stoked to have him here. Hi, Jeff. Thank you for
0: coming. How are you? I'm good, man. Good to good to uh, talk to you guys. I'm doing good. My yeah. version
2: is
1: much simpler. My version was we are, we actually recorded this podcast once before, but you were so awful we had to do it again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it hurts <but> it hurts
1: <laughs> we actually did record a podcast with you and for some reason the files were just got corrupted so but it's good though yeah. it gives us a chance to, to catch up because i think when we when we originally talked we've been doing a bunch of these now i mean i think this is like probably our 15th week um so you know it was it was different 15 weeks ago like your bar wasn't open a lot of things weren't happening so i actually am kind of psyched that we get to do this again with maybe a little bit more positivity than the last time
0: honestly um, i'm glad about, i'm glad about that too right? you know what i mean like now we got like some positive shit to talk about not just like yeah was so you know?
1: let's start let's start right from there so for for those of you who don't know um you know our our you know, people who are listening to this, who may not be in New York, uh, Lucky Thirteen Saloon is, um, you know, one of the uh, iconic and longest-running metal bars now in New York City. Um, opened in 2001. Thanks, Two thousand three. Two thousand three. Yeah. Two thousand three. Uh, I met Jeff opening week. Uh, it, I was uh, I was coming back from a boxing event in Coney Island, and it was a bad, bad, bad snowstorm. And I, I the driver that was driving me to my apartment could not navigate the snow and he, i was i was with a girl some random girl but we were only about two blocks away from my apartment but i just couldn't be in the car anymore because he was making me so nervous so i saw this bar lucky 13 saloon i had no idea it was a metal bar walked in you were there brucey e was there brucey e is a, a longtime friend of ours who's a, a longtime guitar tech uh did guitar tech work for uh Aman and marth for a long time uh we met we all met that night uh we became fast friends um later on became sure now we're fast friends again um but the point of the matter is is that you're going on 18 years going on almost 19 years you survived the pandemic you moved locations you tripled your size you added a live venue i mean it's been quite a journey man
0: yeah it has man it's been awesome you know what I mean? Like it's you know, it's been ups and downs. You know what I mean? Like it's been crazy. It was funny. Me and uh, my partner Melody had a uh, we had like a little meeting today, and we were kind of reminiscing a little bit of you know how when we started and where we've come, and you know what I mean. Things are are, are definitely going good, and it's been uh, you know it's been a struggle throughout the years, and you know cause we're keeping a relationship together for almost twenty years, and you know all that kind of stuff has been you know a, quite a ride too. But yeah, man, it's been uh, it's been interesting to say the least.
1: Yeah, I mean, we could do, we could do, we could do, we could do a month long series of podcasts just on our experiences together at that bar, like Melody throwing a glass at you but hitting me by accident. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Um, Just as one example, you DJing
0: and you know a guy getting Ric Flair across the face. Yeah, 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 jumping over the DJ booth. It was great.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I used to DJ. Isn't that ridiculous?
0: Yeah. I remember you DJed a... You DJ'd a uh, there was a Suicide Girls party. I don't know if you remember. There was a Suicide Girls party. They brought their own DJ, and they were like... Uh, we told them, we were like, listen, you know, we told them what kind of bar we are and all this kind of stuff, and the the DJ came, and the very first thing he played was, like, Nine Inch Nails. It was, like, cool. And then the next thing he played was, like, No Doubt. And we, the bar was packed, you know what I mean? And we were like... said We were like, what the fuck is... It? We were like, dude, you know, this is like a heavy... You're going to play, like, heavy music. And he's like... You know, I, you know, I played the heaviest thing I've got. I was like, ah, Chris, go home, get your CDs, come back. <laughs> 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 Chris, DJing that night. The DJ left in a half. The girls were all upset. You know what I mean? It was great. <laughs>
1: yeah, I had a, I had a Thursday night residency there for some time. Yeah, yeah. God, you know what? You know what's funny? I couldn't even afford to pay for my beers back then, right? And so things have gotten better on that front. But, man, to go back for, like, one week and be back to that place – and that, and, and DJ, and it was just like, I mean, it was so, it's so like the the nostalgia of it and how simple a time it was. I mean, you know, we've both grown, you know, professionally and, and and things are better in that sense. But my God, that was fun. That was so much fun. We had such a good time.
0: It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Some people ask me, they're like, yo, do you miss the old location? I'm like, no, I don't miss it at all. I survived it. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it was no, I was I was 29 years old when we first opened up too, like opening up a heavy metal bar and and you know going from, uh, you know now working for my to, for myself and being behind the bar and the debauchery and the craziness and it was just like you know it was a lot of 29 years old to handle that kind of shit. And, yeah, uh, you know yeah. I survived.
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot, just a lot, a lot of stuff. So, but now you got the new location, which uh, had you know which you moved into in what year? Uh, 2014 you know, tripled your bar size more or less, and then added the venue in the back. Things are going great. And then all of a sudden the pandemic hits. So now I know, I know that you're back open. I know that you survived it. Um, I know that people have been supporting you all along, but what was the biggest struggle to, for survival? And, and, and what, you know, what was the, like, what, what, what'd you, I don't know, how'd you get through it? What'd you learn about it? Like, I mean, I'll be honest with you, you know, some of my places didn't survive. You know, we're not reopening Vandal, you know, the fact that you were able to survive that shows a, you know, just how much of a metal community there is and how much people care about you and, and that institution, you Melody and that institution. So like, yeah, tell me, tell me, tell us, tell everyone the journey.
0: It was tough, man. You know, the first week we closed down, it was like, you know, when everything first shut down, it was like, all right, man, you know, it's a little break. It'll kind of give me a minute to clean the place up and dust the, all the you know, stuff off the walls and do the bar over. And, and then you know one week turns into a month and then it's like, okay, what's gonna happen now? And, and it was really dark, man, for a minute. And then they say we can only do you know, some to-go drinks and stuff, and that was stressful. And honestly, we weren't even gonna do it, but I had a, a couple bartenders who really was like, listen, well, I like, me and Melody was so depressed and miserable because we just had, 2019 was our best year yet. It was amazing. Uh, to go from that to being now closed down. Me and Melly were both like, ugh, like depressed and, you know, to all the falling out of like, and, you know, it's kind of a lawless place in a weird way. You know what I mean? Like, you know, to get to now have to have all these rules and bullshit going on. It's, it was, it was really frustrating, but my a couple of my bartenders really stepped up and um, started helping us make all these to-go drinks and, and, and uh, put a fire under our ass. And we did it and it was stressful and it was amazing the support we, that came out. Um, like the first weekend we opened for just even to-go drinks, we did really well. Um, people would just come and hang on the sidewalk. And I was stressed about it. And I'm like, ah, you're not supposed to be hanging out. But it was cool to see everybody. But, um, you know, that was really tough. And then, you know, just, well, then they shut us down. We basically shut down again in December. And then it was like that little break. You know, thank like one of our customers did a GoFundMe for us. Which was amazing, uh, they, they raised us a lot of money, and you know people were buying t- shirts like crazy and uh, really giving us a lot of support um so that was a lot that was that was cool so you know and so once and then once we shut down, I just kind of started kind of traveling a little bit. I was doing a little work on the side to kind of keep busy um but it was definitely it was more of a mental struggle than everything, you know what I mean like to try and you know and to try and find some mo like was trying to work on music and stuff but i couldn't even do it because it was just like the creative juices were not fucking flowing so
1: but now you're open and, and you're booking shows again right
0: yes we started we really started booking shows this week
1: anything you can announce or anything
0: i mean kind of a disappointing thing well our one of our first big shows was supposed to be suffocation uh in a couple of weeks but um the drummer just couldn't get into town so they just canceled so this band putrid pile is going to be taking their place that's sick yeah they're really good. Also, not suffocation level, which I grew up with suffocation, so I was really stoked about that. But, uh, but whatever, Pile Pile's really good also, so um, they're going to be taking their spot. That is on the 24th of July, so that's going to be cool. Uh, I just got hit up by Don Jameson today, the guy from that VH1 metal show. Yeah, I know him very well. Yeah, I just got hit up by him today about doing some stuff in December.
1: The comedy stuff?
0: Yeah, I guess, but they're going to add, like, two- a couple of bands onto it also. His uh, promoter, Jake, hit me up from... Um, heavy talent who also I see that uh, has Capra on their uh, yeah. list also of bands that yep. they deal with. So I was like, yo, if get mean, um, Capra at some point would be great.
1: Oh Capra. gosh. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I, I want to try to build a show around them. Um, maybe kind of like another mini showcase for black light media where you, you guys would play and, and Capra would play and Gozu would come up and play and anyone else we can get, you know, in the New York area to, to come and play would be amazing. Yeah, um. I'm gonna wait. I think until 2022 because this is gonna be such a glut of shows. But I think we did our first showcase I think in March of 2017. So I'm thinking March of 2022, and we did it at Gramercy um, Theater. Uh, I don't know where we would do this one if we'd go bigger or smaller. But um, but you know, I'd love to do like a five-year anniversary showcase with you know get you know well, I don't know some just whatever bands that we can we can get on the label to get to New York and just throw a huge party and and have a good time and you know, that
2: kind of thing. So tell me how things are going with Eyes of the Sun.
0: Things are going really good. Um, it's starting to, you know, now that um, all this stuff has kind of ended and we're able to start doing live shows again, um, things are starting to go really well. We, um, we kind of lost our rehearsal space over COVID because everybody lost their jobs and we couldn't afford the rehearsal space. So we were using the back of Lucky 13 a little bit here and there. I love that you are using the back of Lucky 13 as your rehearsal space. It was awesome. It was awesome for a little while when we were closed, it was awesome. But then when we opened up and then, you know, having to go in there on a Sunday morning at noon time to get a rehearsal, in, it was a little stressful, but, uh, but it was still cool. You know what I mean? It was cool to like still hear live music back there, you know? So, uh, so yeah, it was pretty cool to do that. Especially we just got a new guitar player. So, you know, working with Louie and actually kind of being on stage, you know what I mean? Like, with the lot, ever, but yeah, so we could kind of feel it out and, um, and it feels good being on stage with him. So I'm I'm looking forward to actually having an audience behind it. But yeah, it's going good. Especially with the new guitar player. We had a rehearsal the other day, man. And just like the he's adding some stuff to the songs and um, uh, it's going very well. That's so cast. That
2: makes me so happy to hear.
0: Yeah, I'm stoked about it. And especially, like, he's getting more comfortable with it, so he's able to add some, a little... Him and Miguel used to, his name's Louie, and he used to play in a band called Ashes Within with my old guitar player, Miguel. They knew each other's guitar sounds, so he already has that kind of Eyes of the Sun sound and um, could get it very easily, but he's adding another texture onto it, which is really cool. He's kind of making it into his own. Yeah, I
2: remember you telling me that at some point when we were... Hanging out or talking or whatever, and I think that's just so awesome that it's like, oh hey, we got like the perfect replacement.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like in the family. I've known Louis for years. Uh, he actually helped me build Lucky Thirteen um, um, when when we first built it. He was like my right hand man in there. So me and Louis are pretty tight. So it was a, it's a, it's a perfect fit. It's comfortable. Um, and my drummer Chris, he's good friends with Louis also. So it totally just kind of it, it worked out, and it's working out really well.
2: Everyone came
0: together and it was triumphant. Yeah, and we and you know we can give each other criticism and stuff like that, and not feel like we're you know giving a hard time each to each other. We can bust each other's balls about it, and, and it's, uh, it's 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 kind of like jamming with family. It's actually really cool.
2: That's awesome. How does that like inform how some of the stuff is going to be moving
0: forward? Uh, you know, it's interesting. I can't wait to start writing some more stuff with Louis. We're, you know, we're still going to have that same sound, but I think it's it, you know it's gonna bring a different element to it, you know, it's a different it's a different personality, it's to to bring to the table. Um and and you know, for years it was a little hard at first because, you know, me and Miguel started Eyes of the Sun. It was when Miguel left, you know, we were the ones that started it and, and that sound really kind of came from me and him. And um so to to lose him, I was kind of like losing a hand and growing another one. You know what I mean? So it was a little tough at first, but but uh, it's it's moving along very nicely. And I'm really happy with, to work with Louis. And he's a lot of fun, man. We have a, well, most importantly, we have a great time together. So.
2: That's really good to hear, you know? So then, so like, like you said, the new record
0: is coming along. And then I guess otherwise, so you have a show coming up. Within well, this week, I should be announcing a possible show. Uh, I'm seeing if I can put a lineup together. It's kind of a last minute thing, but I'm like, I have an open date at Lucky 13. And I'm like, fuck it, let's do it. You know what yeah, I mean? So awesome. I figured it uh, it'll be great.
2: And then are, are we gonna get a chance to see as the sun around the rest of the country or are we to see them more in New York? What's the plan with live stuff as we get
0: better? I would I would like to do uh, you know, start in the New York area and then definitely East Coast and then we'll kind of see what happens from there. I would love to do some East Coast stuff, go up to Boston and we actually got reached out to by some guys in like the South Shore of Massachusetts recently. So, you know, once 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 we can start doing shows up there and then you know, possibly down in Philly, whatever, like definitely in the Northeast to start out. We'll kind of see how it progresses. I'm looking forward to uh, see what happens.
2: On this new record, you have uh, Cliff Matias. Yes. Who's like a pretty known native leader in New York City. What was it? How do you know him? What was it? And how, what was it like working with him?
0: So I've known Cliff for about 15 years. Um, he, I'm in a motorcycle club with him called Red Rum, and it's a Native American based motorcycle club and he's really introduced me to native culture. And um, I actually went and did an ayahuasca ceremony this weekend with him where he, um, where he was the one in charge of it and everything like that. So um, I've been friends with him for a long time and we're pretty close, especially with like the, you know, the whole native thing. I've kind of embraced um, being part of the club. I've learned a lot about the culture and stuff like that. So, and we actually did on the new album, we did a cover of, a song by uh, Nako Bear, who's a native guy. And uh, Cliff was actually on that song, so.
1: I love Cliff, great, amazing dude. Ayahuasca, let's let's pivot there because I know that you've done this more than once um, and you've had a variety of experiences. Yeah, Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. How was your experience this past weekend?
0: My experience this past weekend was actually pretty mellow. It gives me clarity. I feel like it kind of cleanses my soul. And I feel like I've learned a lot over the past year and I didn't have a lot to get out, so I, I didn't have a really profound experience this time. Like it was, it was very mellow. My girlfriend actually went with me, and she had a crazy experience. Oh, really? Yeah, she was like off a rocker, but and I was just like, oh man, I'm good. You know what I mean? I just kind of chilled out. It was, uh, it's, it, it's always different though, every time. Well, that's probably good then because you were there for her. Yeah, yeah. Well, kind, of <laughs> kind of. I fell asleep. Like (laughs) (laughs) she's like puking next to me, like and like that's what kind of woke me up. I was like, whoa, somebody's having a hard time.
1: Listen, she she's been living with you for a year. I bet she had a lot of
0: demons she had to get at her. Most definitely.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know if you want to tell stories from like past past uh, experiences, but you've asked me to join you and I just can't do it. I can't do it. There's no way I can do it. I have this way too much stuff that would come up. I would be, it would be, I don't know.
0: You know, it's crazy. Like, uh, yes, I had, I've had a couple really crazy experiences on it. I mean, the one time I shit my pants, I mean, it was, it was really fucking rough, but it humbled me and I, I felt like I needed, I got really cocky for a moment. Like, you know, it's medicine and it speaks to you, you know what I mean? And it gives you what you need. The time I shit my pants, I like, I took it. And I was like sitting there and, and, you know, everybody's puking around me and I'm like, I got this. You know what I mean? Like I, I was all cocky. I'm like, I actually, what I was going up to, we went up to the Catskills and I saw a bear. I was on my motorcycle and I see a bear on the side of the road. So I'm like, picturing my spirit. I'm like, I'm this fucking bear. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm, I'm a fucking bear. I'm sitting there and all of a sudden my stomach starts going, blah, all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, fuck, no, man, I'm not that bear. <laughs> and I fucking got up to run to the bathroom and I shit my pants and I'm puking in the bucket at the same time. And it like, it humbled me though. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, and it was kind of like life. Don't get fucking cocky. You're not that fucking bear. You know what I mean? It was, it was, uh, every time I've, I've done it, it's been a, a crazy experience. And, uh, that was the most insane. But it woke me up to a lot of stuff. You know, um, it gave me the strength to, um, get out of certain situations with my, Ex-wife and all this kind of stuff. So it really, you know.
1: Yeah, no. I mean, I don't doubt that it works for you, and 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 would probably work for me. And I think that it takes a certain amount of courage to do it. I I I just don't have that courage or something. I I, I'm I'm always been wary of. Like I don't like I've never done. I've did mushrooms once, had a terrible experience. Like anything that you just kind of ingest and then wait and see has never has never worked for me. No (laughs) matter what we're talking about, has never worked. And, and so I'm, I'm, I think I'm afraid to do it because I've just never had a good, exp- you know, edible. We, we were just talking about marijuana, edibles. something as simple as that never works. For me. It's always a terrible experience. Yeah,
0: it's 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 uh, I, I, it's not for everybody. I brought somebody with me the one time I brought a friend of mine with me. He did not handle it well at all. He started freaking out. He's like, dude, I don't know how you do this. Like, blah, blah, blah. He got through the night, but he was just like, never again will I do that. You know, that uh, would be
1: me, I think. I think that would yeah. be me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm always, I'm very open. Listen, I'm always open to growing and to change and to, you know, learning lessons. And um, it, it, I feel it gives, it, it gives me that. And, you know, even after my last experience, I have no desire to do it anytime soon because it, um, I felt like I, I don't need it right now. And I kind of proved it the other night, the medicine kind of speaks to you and gives you what you need. And it didn't really give me anything. You know what I mean? So I don't, th- I think I'm okay at the moment. Next time I'm having a mental breakdown and all that kind of shit, I'm like, ah, oh, I need some of this shit. <laughs> all
1: right, let's pivot to something a little bit lighter. We've talked about stuff like this in the past, but, um, you know, Eyes of the Sun is so fucking heavy and your voice is so fucking heavy, but I know you listened to a lot of cheesy shit growing up. What's, like, the most embarrassing band that you now look back on and say, I can't believe I was a fan of? Or maybe you're still a fan of them. I mean, I oh, still love it.
0: I, I still I still love it, Striper. I was a huge striper fan when I was a fucking kid, and like, and I still hear it, and I'm like, fuck yes, you know what I mean? Like, I just bought
1: tickets yesterday to see Dokken at the Whiskey A Go Go.
2: Hell
0: yeah! Yeah, nice.
2: I used to play words with friends with their bassist, Jeff Pilson. Yes, yeah. Jeff and I used to be like words with friends buddies.
0: <laughs> oh, that's awesome!
1: <laughs> it's funny. My wife, it's Natalie met him. My wife, Natalie met him um, at a party uh, like two weeks ago. I really enjoy that guy. So okay, so striper. There's gotta be more though. Striper's not that bad. I mean, although I'm reading a book, I'm reading a book, Jeff, called um, Nothing But A Good Time. It's like the oral history of the whole Sunset Strip and like glam hair movement. And right. Striper's actually in the book quite a bit and really? I like how
2: they came up and yeah, Um, you should get it. It's a good read. I just want to point out, Chris is finally reading a book so he has to bring it up in every episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah! Well,
2: please. Just a guy it. in a pajama shirt. Uh, it's not a pajama shirt it's a button down i'm reading a book about
0: miles davis because i have culture yeah okay, whatever
2: <laughs> let's move on
1: so striper who else come on
0: um striper really man i don't know like i mean some of the bands that i listened to when i was a kid i still love like over like overkill was my was my band back in the day like that was my first thrash metal band overkill anthrax like all those bands like yeah like i don't really have su- super embarrassing bands uh that i listen to i mean i feel like striper was like definitely the worst one but like you know when i first really started getting into to uh heavy music it was you know started hearing you know quiet riot and twisted sister and those are all fucking great bands you know what i mean i'm not embarrassed of that shit at all it was like uh great stuff to grow up on
1: d snyder's actually doing some cool shit these days he's working with jamie josta and yeah yeah doing some, good, some good fun stuff yeah um what's the first show you ever went to
0: striper well you know what <laughs> i'm not actually sure i don't remember uh, like it was either Striper or it was Aerosmith, Guns N' Roses. Okay. The first show I went to, I and mean, my parents dropped me off at, was Striper. But I remember, also I meant to, went to go see uh, Aerosmith and Guns N' Roses opened up on the Appetite for Destruction tour at um, Great Woods. You remember Great Woods in, uh, yeah. Uh, in Massachusetts? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah I yeah, remember yeah. a friend of mine's brother took me. That was the first time I got drunk, also. So. It was, uh, it was, it was formative. So, yeah.
2: (laughs) So being into Striper, were you like raised in a religious household or was it just something you were into?
0: No, I, well, I, so my mother was, my, my mother was very Catholic. And I remember when I first started getting, this is how I heard of Striper was I was actually just getting into like heavy music. I was getting into, you know, early Motley Crue and Quiet Riot and all these kind of bands. And, um, they had, it was the height of the satanic panic, you know, so. They they in at I used to go to CCD and at CCD they brought this guy in who was basically um, like telling us how rock and roll is bad for you and heavy metal is bad for you and they introduced me to Striper but it was like I remember them showing pictures of Molly Crue they were playing Queen backwards they were playing uh, even Cheap <laughs> Trick and I was like I was like Cheap Trick is horrible like but they were like I'm not a Cheap Trick fan but they were like showing there was an upside down cross on one of their Album covers. I'm like, yo, it's a a rain to the horse. You can't be like, it was kind of ridiculous, but they introduced that's amazing. Yeah,
2: I would have loved to have, like, okay, so I have a whole bunch of questions about this.
0: Please. (laughs) Well, I wish I had, they actually gave me a cassette tape to take home and you could listen to. And I wish I still had that cassette tape because it was like they actually played the record backwards. I remember on uh, that Queen one of the Queen songs. Where, when they played it backwards and it said it's fun to smoke marijuana, it's fun to smoke marijuana when you played it backwards. I was like, that's fucking cool. <laughs> yeah. Wait, before you,
1: just before you get to your questions, Matt, um, I just want I everyone, mean, CCD sucks. Yeah. My CCD teacher told the entire class that there was no Santa Claus. What the what fuck? Did he
0: have? <laughs> How old were you? That's a shitty way to find out there's no Santa Claus. Eat or something? Wow. This is before my first communion,
2: or whatever. Were Matt, he was
0: 16. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, I don't know, Jeff. The 80s were different. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. You know what, Matt? you got so many questions. Ask yeah. me questions. I'm going to go grab a okay. beer anyway. I do want to say that was always something. I grew up in a very <laughs> Protestant home, and I was always, like, really stoked I didn't have to go to CCD, because everything I heard about it made it sound, like, fucking horrible. Um, okay, so let's break this down. Satanic Panic 80s. I want Chris back here for some of it. But, so like, were you even aware of half the bands they were talking about when they started doing this?
0: Yeah, I was. You know, they touched on like some like heavy metal stuff. I still can see to this day the picture of like the Motley Crew in their in their like early days. Like a, they, He had like a... Because um, what year like, is this? Oh my God. It's got to be like 19 it to be like 1982,
2: maybe. Okay, so it's like right as it's really starting to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I was like 9 or 10, I guess. Uh, okay. No, I, was, I may be a little bit older. I was like, it was maybe like 80, probably 84. I was probably about 12 years old. I was okay, somewhere around there. But it was, yeah, it was early 80s, like height of the Satanic Panic. Um, but they did, like, they did touch on um, some heavy metal bands, and they caused Black Sabbath and Ozzy and all that shit. But then they went into bands, like, as I said, like Cheap Trick, and Queen and uh, bands like Led Zeppelin. And I was like, "Yo, know, these guys aren't, you know, I don't know. And I know, you know, Jimmy Page had back in the day had like Zofo and all of his, yeah. uh, you know, Alistair Crowley stuff going on. But, uh, but yeah, to me, that wasn't evil. That was like, I don't know, kitty stuff. You know what I mean? Like, but yeah, it was, it was, it was entertaining.
2: Totally. No, that's just, it's like, the, it's the sort of thing that I have a lot of, curiosity about because i feel like i see a lot of like primary sources like i see the pamphlets and i see the like i've watched some of the psa's and stuff and it just seems
0: not possible to me
2: does that make sense
0: yeah it was it was so listen it, it pushed me towards bands though like once bands like side came out and all that kind of shit you know in the late yeah. 80s i was like it kind of pushed me toward like the curiosity of you know well because it's yeah
2: because it's funny, because I grew up in, I went to this, when I was like 11, 12, and like getting into heavy music, I went to this charter school that was like not a Christian school, but like everyone was so religious, it ostensibly was a Christian school, yeah. you know? And I remember having that same experience of being like, all these other kids are fucking pussies. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember being 12 years old, sitting in my room, and I showed my friend Asher Enzinger Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden. And I remember afterwards, he looked at me like, what the fuck? And said, you know, I'm not really into that see your blood stuff. I was like, it's cool that it fucks people up for so long. Like, people were scared about Iron Maiden, you know, when I was a kid, 25, 30 years later.
0: Which was crazy, because it got me actually reading. You know what I mean? Yeah, right? It was was a history lesson. A lot of, like, Iron Maiden stuff, especially. Yeah. Yeah, it actually got me to, like, read some books. Like, and I didn't, I was a fucking jerk off in high school. I didn't.
1: Nothing's changed.
0: (laughs) Uh, Like, now you know now I want to learn like back then I was like fuck you but then you know want to read some books that you know these metal guys are telling me to read I'm like fuck you!" all right I'll read that
1: yeah I stepped away because I saw even though you listeners can't see us uh, Jeff is drinking a cold beer and I I figured what well, why not join you we've had many many beers together and only a few regrets but just you know talking about the history of your bar like, what's some of the crazier stories that you can remember happening in 18 years of running a metal bar?
0: Oh, jeez, there's so many.
1: I remember somebody's head going through the
0: wall next to the bathroom once. Wait, what? Yeah. James Tyler, Bob style? <laughs> yeah. No, Mallrats. rats. Sorry. Having Dax Riggs pass out in my bathroom one time was awesome. Not for him, probably. No, it wasn't, but it was great for me because he also came in the bar and I got to ha- I'm a huge Dax Riggs fan, acid bath fan, so. I was, I was stoked that he came in and he passed out in her bathroom was great. I mean, God, there's just been so many, like, like people, just people getting kicked out and every weekend, something fucking crazy is happening. I had a guy last weekend, this group showed up and one of the girls didn't have the, she had a weird ID. So my door guy, and we were slammed busy. My door guy's like, he's like, uh, he's like, listen, I can't let you in with this. So uh, then he, he didn't let her in. and The friends kind of went and she tried to come back in to go to the bathroom. He's like, I can't let you in. And she freaked out. And her friend called the cops because we wouldn't <laughs> let her use the bathroom. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? And he's like, and he's like, what's the address of this place? And he hands me his phone to talk to the cops. And I almost threw his phone. I was like, Fuck, like you fucking idiot, and I like started shaking. I'm like, I, I was like, to my door guy, I was like, will you please handle this? I cannot fucking handle this. That's why I'm like, I don't work security. I, that's why I have you guys because I can't deal with this kind of shit. But like the cops ended up showing up and they're like, you fucking kidding me? Get out of here. You know what I mean? He said you can't come in. You know, it's so stupid. But yeah, it's just so much like people puking on the bar. I like, got like young kids. I like, can't handle a shot. Does a shot? Pukes it right back up on the bar. I mean, you know, guys getting blowjobs right out in front of the bar, um, underneath the sign actually, you know, those 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 uh, sandwich board signs. Yeah. There was a guy standing up against the sandwich board, and there was a girl oh, underneath the sandwich board giving him a blowjob in front of the bar. And I walk out, I'm like, the fuck. You know what I mean? how, like, how big was that girl? she was little. So, no, she, she was little. Actually, she was not that little. She was. It was so like awkward looking. It was so awkward looking. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus.
1: In, in a, you know, in a, in a PG-13 way, because we don't know who's was, who was listening out there, but you, you might, you should, you should recount the story of the girl that tipped you, was kept tipping you like large denominations, but you would witness her, is there a way to tell that PG-13? Not really, but I'll
0: try. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. So I was behind the bar and these, this guy came, there was two of my regular customers there. This guy came in with these two uh, porn girls. He said they were porn girls, but they were heavy, whatever. Adult actresses. Adult actors. Adult actress, there you go. Um, so they came in, and um, the, one, the one girl actually gave oral sex, I guess you would say, to the one guy into the bathroom.
1: He's doing a great job. PG-13. doing a great job. Did you say did, did we? Did you? No? Yeah. Okay.
2: <laughs> Gave moral pleasure <laughs> <laughs> to the pleasure. You did a great <laughs> job with the PG thirteen description. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I, I I heard you say she was doing a great job, but I was like,
0: oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, so then, uh, so she comes out of the bathroom, and then she proceeds to get up on the pole, and she takes off ninety eight percent of her clothes. She has like just her underwear on, and one of my re- regulars, she like kind of gets down on the bar, and one of my grimy ass regulars is sticking his fingers in her private place on the bar. And I'm just like, oh, I'm like, yo, come on, like enough. You know what I mean? So long story short, that went on for a little while. She she leaves. She comes back the next night and asks me out on a date. (laughs) She's like, hey, you're really cute. I would love to go out with you sometime. I'm like, you just had fucking Billy fingers inside of you. No, absolutely not. (laughs) gross <laughs> oh, oh my god
1: oh that was good those were good times those were good yeah, times they,
0: uh,
2: oh, man they were fun it sounds <laughs> educational yeah
0: yeah yes it was as i said like, i survived it you know what i mean i'm glad i survived it <laughs>
1: yeah those were the that was the old bar that was the old bar i, I do think the old well i mean i'm not there you're there but it seems to me that the old bar was much rowdier than the new bar
0: You know, in a way, it it was, you know, the the old bar was a lot more regulars. You know what I mean? Like, it was small. It was only 750 square feet, you know? So it was packed with regulars every weekend. You know, it was like the same people all the time. Um, So, and it was debauchery. Um, This now around, I mean, it's a lot bigger. We get, like, we're very well known now. So we get a lot of tourists. Like, sometimes on the weekends, I don't know a soul in there. And it's all these like normal looking people. I'm like, oh, I guess we're doing something right. You know what I mean? Because, you know, these people love it and they're staying. And
2: That's one of the weird things is like, I was I was at, I was was there the other day, I told you. And like seeing a bunch of people who didn't have tattoos or long hair. And I was like, <laughs> oh, because oh, you're not like a hipster metal bar either. It's not like you're playing Death Heaven.
0: Yeah, no, no. Which is
2: fine. Like, I like Death Heaven, but like, you know, you're not trying to
0: like, you're trying to be grimy. Yeah, 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 yeah yeah no <laughs> like, it's like it's weird it's a it's a weird it's a weird crowd now we do we got a lot of you know pre-covid i mean we had a lot of tourists coming in and, we're, and they're coming back already you know we're 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 starting to see a lot more tourists coming on the weekends and um yeah we've kind of been a spot for, we have for our you know group of regulars that come in pretty religiously every weekend um, and a lot of them kind of come in late night like one two in the morning because they know that you know the normal people are kind of leaving, and also too like once we start getting bands back again too, we're gonna to start seeing you know a, a, a cool change in the crowd again. But yeah, the crowd's weird. The crowd is weird. It's it's constantly changing. Like one night, Friday night, it was like filled. With, like last Friday, it was just packed with like bikers and uh, all this kind of shit. And then the next night, it's kind of looked like all yuppies in there. It was very strange. Hmm. I guess the
2: other thing I was wondering is, have you added any? I wasn't inside for very long when I was there the other day which was the first time I'd been there in like a year and a half. Have you been adding to the collection inside? Because people who've been there will know that lucky 13 has just an insane collection of like heavy metal merchandise
1: and horror memories
2: and horror stuff. Have you added anything cool that like people who haven't necessarily been back should go and make sure to check out
0: lately? No, I, I hung a couple like little things. I kind of hung a couple like, you know, some little tasteful stuff, like some like real bones in there and, some guitar, a guitar I hung on the ceiling. and I think I changed out a poster for a Texas Chainsaw Massacre poster. But I, I, I kind of, I didn't, I haven't really. I got, I still have an overstock of so much stuff that, to decorate the next bar with, and I can't wait. And I know it's gonna probably only decorate a quarter of it. Can we ask about that? Can we ask about the next bar? I mean, yeah, you could ask about it. I mean, yeah, I don't, I'm not afraid to talk about it. We're, we're still searching, but. Yeah, so talk, talk about this, because you and I have talked about this a couple times lately, and I'd love to let the rest of the world know. So, well, I mean, we'll see if it happens. You know, we've had our eye on Tampa, Florida for the past couple of years. You know, Tampa is the home of death metal, the American death metal. It's where, you know, all these bands that I love came from. Um, So we've had our eye on that for a couple of years now. And it was really, the ball was really rolling, rolling pre-COVID. So now it's still, I still really want to do it. Hopefully it's going to happen this year. I I really just think it's going to, probably in the fall.
1: Have you seen like leases or, you know, rents or however you negotiate and go, go more in your favor in Tampa or is it the same market?
0: No, I'm, I, I just kind of switched areas. The, the area I originally wanted is like, it's Manhattan prices. I'm like, this is Tampa, Florida. Are you fucking kidding me? You know what I mean? Like I love the Ybor city. Like it's a great area, but it's just so expensive. And it's also some of the spaces that we looked at. It's also very spent, like it's, it's, a, it's a Cuban community over there. So I actually found a space that I loved and they looked at our website. We're like, no way. They were like, absolutely. We'll see what happens. But you know, I really had my eye on Ebor city, but it's just too, it's too expensive for what it is. I mean, even if we crushed it, I wouldn't want to pay those kind of prices down there. So we're kind of, we're looking a little bit outside of Ebor. It's called Seminole Heights. We're looking in that area. Hopefully. uh, Nice area. Yeah. It's cool, man. It's an up and coming area. And I just, um, I was actually just down there last week. And I actually looked at a space down there last week. The price was right. The location was great, but it was way too small. I'm like, this is just not going to work. It sucks. So uh, I'm hoping, uh, I hope it'll come the fall. I, I met a cool realtor down there who's going to help us out. What are you thinking about New Orleans too for a while? I would love to do New Orleans. I don't know about a venue in New Orleans, but I would love to do a bar in New Orleans at some point. Because I don't know if I would, could live in New Orleans for too long. I'd be dead. You know what I mean? So, but I, I love New Orleans. I would love to look at a, a, a bar in New Orleans. We've talked about it actually heard about a bar recently for sale down there and kind of lightly inquired about it we're not ready to do anything yet but Na-
1: Nashville needs a metal bar too
0: Nashville totally needs a metal bar I would love to do Nashville also we've talked about Nashville also because they have a That's
1: good fun. club there I can't remember the name of the club off the top of my head but they do a lot of metal shows um, yeah. but there's no place to go after.
0: Yeah. And, and, and from what I've, you know, I was only in Nashville once and I really liked it. And after talking to some people, I actually made friends with a guy from Nashville who comes into Lucky 13 whenever I was in New York and uh, he t- wants to help us out. Um, and um, he was, is really pushing us for Nashville. But we just did all these couple years in Tampa, looking at Tampa. Um, so I'm like, listen, let's see what happens with Tampa. You know, I mean, there's always a chance something will fall through or whatever, but I'm really hoping to get down there. Um, But yeah, I would love to do Nashville. I would love to do L.A., you know, and like the final stop. I would like to do L.A. But yeah, our goal is to branch out.
1: Well, I think I think you handle the East Coast. And then when the time comes, I think Vegas and L.A. will do together.
0: Yeah. I feel like the time will be right by then. You know what I mean? Everything happens for a reason. You know, I feel like the Earth needed this little fucking cleansing. Also, I needed this little fucking cleansing. Um, with all this kind of shit that went on. And listen, I, you know, I still always, I always appreciated where I was at. I mean, it's only the past, you know, few years that I've actually made, started making enough money where I didn't have to fucking do anything else besides Lucky 13. You know, I was always doing plumbing work. I worked for Chris for a while you know, I was always doing other things. And finally, over the past few years, I haven't had to do anything like that. And now, you know, of course, over COVID, I started doing plumbing again, which was fucking horrible. So I'm, now I'm like, yo, I definitely got to open up another Lucky 13 because I can't be doing this at almost 50 years old.
1: All right. So last thing. Um, Thanks for being with us today and doing this uh, again. I have a feeling you're going to be a recurring guest anyway. But so we have a new segment on the show started a couple weeks ago. um, Well, I'm not sure in what order these are going to air, actually. But long story short, we were Talking to Monty Pittman from Prong and Ministry and and uh, Madonna's band, actually, also, I think you know Monty, right?
0: I've met him before.
1: Yeah. So he had a song called Guilty Pleasures on one of his records, and he actually recorded the music video at Beauty and Essex. So it came up in the, in the course of talking to him on the podcast. Yeah. And I asked him, if, what's your guilty pleasure? You know, And he said the most unexpected thing I could ever imagine. He said his unexpected pleasure was cat wrestling. And I said, what are you talking about? And so basically you can go to Instagram and do hashtag cat wrestling. And there are like thousands and thousands of videos of just basically house cats like wrestling and fighting. And he's mesmerized by it. He said he'll spend hours just watching cat wrestling, which is weird. <laughs> yeah. We were talking to Derek Green from Sepultura and asked him the same question. And his his guilty pleasure was very simple. It's uh, donuts. He'll just, he'll like, you know, if you know Derek, if you know Derek, he's a, he's a vegan, he's in
0: great shape,
1: but he, he will on the down low, you know, pound six donuts in a day. Um, so that now you are a third, third person will be asking, what is it again, PG-13, something you can actually reveal? Because um, I don't think anyone wants to know what your real guilty pleasures are. Um, <laughs> but what's a guilty pleasure you can share? That's McDonald's. weird. McDonald's. McDonald's. For everyone out there, he owned and operated and was the, was the, the chef at a vegan restaurant called Food Swings in Williamsburg. You, were, you owned, operated, and were the, was the chef at a vegan restaurant. And now you're telling me that McDonald's is your guilty pleasure.
0: And you have no idea. When I first broke my veganism.
1: I know this story. You went to fucking Outback Steakhouse.
0: I did go to fucking Outback. And I was very embarrassed about it. I actually got in my car and I drove out to Staten Island and fucking had a filet mignon, and it was delicious.
1: Oh, my God. Of all the great steakhouses in New York, and you go to Staten Island to an Outback to break out. To break, to break, <laughs> to break.
0: <laughs> and I remember telling you about it, and you were like, what the hell is wrong with you? You were like, yo, I got these aged porterhouse things in my fridge, and you're going to go to Outback. And I was like, it took me like a month to even tell you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, McDonald's. Why McDonald's? Why, why not Why not at least that five guys or Shake Shack that has a really great real burger
0: i like shake shack but it's not the number two anymore but it used to be the number two for mcdonald's just two cheeseburgers fries and a coke that was my like I, i i was vegetarian vegan for about 15 years and i cracked twice and both times were mcdonald's number two with the cheeseburgers and i felt horrible i still feel horrible about myself every time after i eat it but as i'm it's like so delicious as i'm biting into those cheeseburgers Nothing else. It's just those cheeseburgers.
1: Matt has to create a little like tagline for each one of these, and I think you just created it. We talked to Jeff Blanchard about ayahuasca festivals
2: and McDonald's binging. There you go. <laughs> wait, what, wait, so so so, Chris, what's your guilty pleasure? Oh come on, we're not going to talk about me now. We need to know everyone's guilty pleasure. We need to like get this out of the way now. That this is a segment because people are going to want to know. Yeah, but I mean, what are you going to ask me every episode? I mean, no, no, I'm just saying one time, so then we can just get it on the record, and then you are not going to have to come up with a new guilty pleasure every time. Well, I mean, uh, well, well, so Jeff, Jeff will know this and then we got to let
1: him go. Um, there's a there's a pizza place in Brooklyn next to the old location of Lucky 13 called Joe's Pizza. But it's not the Joe's Pizza that's famous in Manhattan. Uh, but they make a spicy chicken pizza. It's not a buffalo chicken style. It's just something I've never had before. I don't I tried to reverse engineer. it. It's just weird. It's like this Latin style spicy chicken pizza and I love it. And the guilty pleasure part about it is um, that I can eat an entire pie in one sitting because it's so good. We're talking eight giant slices of chicken topped. I mean, like two slices is really like enough, and I'll have eight all eight. And I, so I, I had COVID right, right from the very like right from the jump. Like all of March of 2020 yeah. and half of April, I was in bed and I wasn't eating. I, I lost so much weight. I didn't keep it off, but I lost so much weight. I, I wasn't eating. I had no appetite. And uh, Jeff and John Lamacchi from Candy Area surprised me and sent up a a pizza. And I hadn't hadn't I was I was in the throes of it. I was still very, very sick. i fucking ate that pizza in like 30 minutes, like all eight slices. (laughs) It's amazing. amazing. And I didn't eat again. And then about two weeks later, they did it again. And that was like the next time I ate. Uh, So it's the guilty pleasure isn't the fact that it's pizza. It's that I'll eat an entire pie
2: in 30 minutes. (laughs) There you go. I'll take that one.
1: All right. Listen, it's uh, we're over time here. So, Jeff, thank you yeah. so much for being a part of this. We will sure talk to you again. I will be in New York uh, in a, mm, four to six weeks. And um, we'll go. And ha- we just actually did hang out at Lucky 13. I, I almost forgot that we just did that. Um, but I will be back soon. I, I don't know. Where can people find you? Lucky 13. What's What are your, all your IG tags and all that stuff?
0: Uh, Jeff Lucky 13 at Instagram. Uh, Jeff Blanchett on Facebook.
1: And the bar is just Lucky 13 Saloon.
0: Yeah, go to lucky13saloon.com. You can see what's going on. We just started updating it with all the events and stuff like that. So you can see stuff on there. Go on the Lucky 13 Facebook page, uh, Lucky 13 Saloon on Instagram, Eyes of the Sun on um, Instagram also, and Eyes of the Sun on um, Facebook also. Awesome. Thanks so much, Jeff.
1: Thank you very much. Appreciate your time as always. Thank you very
0: much. It was good talking to you guys.
1: All right. So that was awesome. Thank you everyone out there for listening to Delirious Nomads, sponsored by Blacklight Media. We will be coming back at you next week with another awesome guest. Be sure to follow Blacklight Media on socials for new music and more, and above all, keep it
0: heavy.